Welcome to Devotions for Worship. I'm Pastor Eric Tritton. Thank you so much for being with me today. We begin by remembering our baptism, because as it says in Romans 6, verse 3, in baptism we're buried with Jesus into his death so that we may have the hope of resurrection just as he was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father. And because we have that hope, we walk in a new life. Or as it says in Romans, we walk in newness of life. Because if we've been united with Jesus in his death, we're going to be reunited with him or united with him in a resurrection like his too. And we live in the hope of that resurrection every day. And so we remember that by making the sign of the cross and saying, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This morning we confess our Christian faith using Luther's explanation to the second article of the Apostles' Creed. I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity, and also true man, born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death, from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence and blessedness, just as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns to all eternity. This is most certainly true. Our scripture reading is Psalm 10. Psalm 10. Why, O Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In arrogance, the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes they have devised. For the wicked boasts of the desires of his soul, and the one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. His ways prosper at all times. Your judgments are, are on high, out of his sight. As for all his foes, he puffs at them. He says in his heart, I shall not be moved throughout all generations. I shall not meet adversity. His mouth is filled with cursing and deceit and oppression. Under his tongue are mischief and iniquity. He sits in ambush in the villages. In hiding places, he murders the innocent. His eyes stealthily watch for the helpless. He lurks in ambush like a lion in the thicket. He lurks that he may seize the poor. He seizes the poor when he draws him into his net. The helpless are crushed, sink down, and fall by his might. He says in his heart, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He will never see it. Arise, O Lord. O God, lift up your hand. Forget not the afflicted. Why does the wicked renounce God and say in his heart, You will not call to account? But you do see... For you note mischief and vexation, that you may take it into your hands. To you the helpless commits himself. You have been the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and evildoer. Call his wickedness to account till you find it no more. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations perish from his land. O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. 
you will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, so that man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. Take a closer look at verses 17 and 18. They say, O Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. You will strengthen their heart. You will incline your ear to do justice to the fatherless and the oppressed, so that man who is of the earth may strike terror no more. As the psalmist speaks of the afflicted, the fatherless, and the oppressed, it's important for us to see these images as the most vulnerable people. These are people who, in and of themselves, have little to no hope, strength, or protection. On the one hand, this psalm teaches us to intercede on behalf of others. We live in a world in which there is injustice, wickedness, and wrongdoing. Harm is done to other people. In this fallen world, the very systems in which we trust to do good to those who need help in our communities fall short and are sometimes marred with inequities. Many of the world's problems are obvious, overwhelming, and beyond our power to fix. So we call out to God, even as we seek to live and love and do right by our neighbors. Because remember, even if we cannot fix the world, we can strive to do right by the people in our communities, the people we come into contact with day by day. On the other hand, the psalm challenges us to see ourselves as those who, in and of ourselves, have no hope, strength, or protection. There is a call here urging us to place ourselves under God's mercy, the mercy that we know most fully in Jesus, who died and rose for us. We trust God's mercy even when we're feeling the perceived absence and crying out for God's salvation. The psalmist calls us to trust that the Lord is king forever and that the things of this world, even the nations, those things perish. So these things do not strike terror in our hearts. The challenge of Psalm 10 is the question, who or what will be your God? Where will you place your hope? Where or in whom will you seek the good that you need? It leaves us with a, a statement of, of faith in God, that he does what is just and right and acts on our behalf to save his people. Thanks be to God we've experienced that salvation through faith in Jesus. But we still find ourselves waiting, waiting for the day when Christ will return and make all things right even raising us from the grave, where we really are utterly powerless, freeing us from the sin that entangles our lives. Until then, we look at the world, and we, we will sometimes wonder, where is God? And we will walk by faith, trusting His promises, promises that He will keep us, because He is faithful. As we pray today, uh, we will pray the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. And we'll also pray about the creation. Heavenly Father, you give daily bread to everyone without our prayers, even to all evil people. 
but we pray in this petition that you would lead us to realize this so that we receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. Make us mindful that you give us all that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors, and help us to always give thanks to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for this world that you have placed us in. We thank you that we have the privilege of being among your creatures. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us to recognize that relationship that we have with you and to rejoice that you chose to make us along with everything else that we see in this world. You've given us a special place in this creation to tend to it, to be a steward of this, uh, this world that you have placed us in and of the things that you put into our lives. We ask, Lord, that you would help us to do that well and that you would help us to live in a relationship of gratitude with you and the people that we live with and the world itself, that we would be grateful for the things that we get from it, whether that's our food or the weather or, or whatever else. And we pray, Lord, that you would continue to preserve this world all the way to the end and that you would bless us as we live in it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. Thank you so much for being with me today. God bless your day, and uh, I hope it's filled with God's peace.